Well, thank you, Bronson, Pastor Bronson. First time I've been able to preach and say that, and that is such an honor and such a joy. It is really a joy to be with you this morning at Synergy Church. This is the first time that I've been outside preaching the uh, South Florida in quite a while, so it is really awesome to be here to preach to the awesome people of North Georgia, to be back home. So thank you so much for letting me be here and be part of that. Amen. I, uh, I've, been to, I've been to Synergy several times before, but this is the first time that I've had my wife to be with me in service, and so Bryson is here this morning. I just want to honor her, and it's always such a joy to have her be beside me. Uh, it takes me back to the days that Bronson mentioned when we would travel, and, and I would preach, and we'd travel together, and so this is kind of neat to be here this morning. So I just want you to welcome her as she's here this morning with me, and it is such a joy and an honor. In just a moment, I want to get to the message as quickly as I can, but First, I want to let you know just what kind of a special connection that I have to Synergy Church, why I love this particular ministry so much. Uh, I happen to have grown up, as Bronson said, with your pastor, and that kind of makes me connected in a lot of ways, and so I'm so honored to do that and just proud of him and for the work that he's doing right here and among your lives and pouring into you. And I'm going to tell you just a little bit more about growing up with him in just a moment. But if you're here, also, you've probably met my parents, Gary and Kathy Crawford. And if you've gotten a chance to know them, you've probably learned what I already know. And that's just how much of a blessing they really are to the kingdom of God, to the church. And so I'm so thankful to be here this morning and be with them. Now, what I can assure you is this, that Bronson and Lindsay love you guys so much. I'm telling you, I know them. I'm not an outsider. I know them, and I know the passion and the love they have for you guys as a church. My mom and dad as well. I know that they love you so much, and because they love you, I love you. And so I want to thank you so much for allowing me to stand before you this morning and bring a word. And we're just going to go to the word this morning and trust that God's going to speak in this place. All right, can we do that this morning? Can we believe that God's going to speak to us in this place, that he's alive and this God that we're singing about and worshiping is actually in this place this morning and he's going to minister to our souls. So I hope that you're ready for that. Now, uh, I was thinking about this message this week. And I know that you guys are in Galatians, and, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But as I was just thinking about this message, it really did take me back to growing up with Bronson. And I remember that we were getting a little bit older. We had gotten to the age where we could stay at home by ourselves a little bit, but we were still pretty young. And on this particular day, Mom and Dad decided they were going to go somewhere for a few hours, and so we were there by ourselves. And Bronson and I, as he mentioned, we had this unique way of kind of getting under each other's skin. That's a nice way of saying we used to fight a lot. All right, we'll just go ahead and come out and say that. And I don't remember what happened on this particular day, but I remember that he got so upset that he decided that he was going to run away from home. He was going to run away. And so I remember that we had this long dirt road beside our house, and it, and it led to these acres and acres of cow pastures. And, and Bronson got upset, and he went outside, and he started walking down this road. He was going to run away. And when he got way down the road, I was looking out the window watching this thing take place, and when he got way down the road, and I just barely could see him anymore, I decided it was time to do something to get his attention. And so I went outside, and I remember looking way down the road at Bronson, and I yelled as loud as I could, Bronson! Bronson! I finally got his attention. He turned, and he looked at me, and I, I remember he said, What? I said, Mom's on the phone. He said, What? Mom, she's on the phone. Come back right now. Bronson turns around, and he walks all the way back down the road. He gets to the house, he goes inside, he goes in and he gets the phone, hello? But there was never anybody on the phone. Mom wasn't on the phone. I had to come up with some solution to get him to come back home. And I just thought about that story, but I was just thinking about that I was so glad. Now, I'll tell you this, I really wasn't that concerned about him running away. I just didn't want to get in trouble when mom and dad got back and found out that I was responsible for him being missing. And so he came back home, and I, but I just I thought about that. 
And I was so glad, Bronson, that you came back home that day. I'm so glad that we got to stay brothers. I'm so glad that we got to grow up together. And I'm so glad that God's brought us so far and that now we've grown up and we both pastor churches and we speak into people's lives. And I'm just, I'm just thinking about the, the maturity that God allowed us to grow up into a place of maturity. Now, I tell you that story this morning because I believe that when it comes to issues of maturity, that we, every single person in this room can relate in some way. I mean, whether you're a teenager or whether you're an adult, sometimes we make decisions and those decisions lead us down a road. Sometimes those decisions are, are made out of anger. Sometimes they're made out of frustration. Sometimes we make decisions that are based out of rebellion. Maybe it's even just of the flesh. And what we do is we begin walking down a road. And it's a road that we really think is leading us towards freedom, but in actuality, it's leading us away from the source of the blessing that God wants to have in our lives. And so this morning, the issue when we deal with those things is an issue of maturity. It's the fact that we are not acting in that moment in a mature enough way to realize what it is that we're actually doing in our lives. And you guys have been in a series in Galatians for the past few weeks. And this morning, we're going to continue that series, and we are going to chapter number five. And when we get to chapter number five, we're going to see a lot of things in that chapter. We're going to see a lot of wisdom and a lot of instruction that God gives us. But as I was praying this, this past week about what to share, I was really asking God to give me a word for Synergy Church. God, what is it that you want me to speak to the church that I'll be standing in front of? What is it that you need synergy to hear? What is it that you want them to specifically hear outside of Galatians 5? And as I was praying about it this week, I heard the Lord say this. He said, I want you to talk about how walking in freedom takes people to a place of maturity. How walking in freedom takes people to a place of maturity. And so we're going to talk about this morning how there is a connection between maturity and freedom. Maturity and freedom. We're going to jump into Galatians chapter 5. If you have that and you want to turn, go ahead and do that. But real quickly, before we do, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to turn to three people and just tell them this. God wants you to be free. Turn and tell somebody that. God wants you to be free. Amen. God wants us to be free. Galatians chapter number 5, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. I'll be reading out of the New American Standard Bible, so if your version is different, that's okay. Hopefully we've got that on the screen and you can follow along, and we're just going to trust that God is going to speak to us out of Galatians chapter 5 this morning. Are you ready? Anybody ready? Say amen. amen. All right, here we go. Galatians chapter 5. It says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Somebody say Freedom. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. No matter who we are, we are born into a world of sin. And that sin is so powerful that it, it makes us have this spiritual slavery in our life. No matter who we are, we are born into a world of spiritual slavery that none of us can escape on our own. Sin is a bondage that shows no partiality. It doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how good of a person you think you are. It doesn't matter how many good deeds you have done. When sin enters our life and when we're born into the world, we're automatically by default born into this yoke of slavery. We can never get away from it on our own. And that's the bad news this morning. But I haven't come to dwell on bad news today at Synergy Church. I've come to declare the good news of the gospel. 
And the good news is that there is something that is stronger. There is something that is more powerful. There is something that is, that is so far superior to the bondage and the slavery of sin. The Bible says that where sin increased, grace did abound all the more. Somebody shout grace. It said that every time that sin came along and and we were born into this world of slavery, that God provided another option. He gave us something that will far outweigh the slavery, and He calls it His grace. And by the grace of God, He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came, he, He died on the cross, and He took all of the sins of the world. He nailed them to a tree so that the slavery and the bondage of sin might be crucified, and that by those that we now call on Him can be saved. We can have freedom. Isn't that awesome this morning? See, just like sin shows no partiality, neither does the grace of God. And that's why the Bible says that whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're in this place this morning, you're a whosoever, and that verse applies to you. And all we have to do is say, listen, I don't have to stay in the bondage. Christ came that I might be free. God gives us his grace. Is there anybody in this place this morning that has experienced the salvation of God in your life? Anybody free in this place from a lifestyle you used to live? Aren't you thankful for what God's done in your life? I'm so grateful that when we experience the grace of God, that the lifestyle we used to live and the bondage we used to have, it doesn't have to hold us down anymore. We can actually and literally become free. That's what salvation is all about. It's about becoming free from bondage so that we can actually experience all of the blessings that God wants us to have. And what Galatians tells us is that it is for freedom that we've been made free. He didn't free us so that we would become bound by some list of rules. He didn't, be, he didn't free us so that he could take away all of our fun and all of our joy. No. But neither did he free us that we might keep on going back to the old lifestyle that we used to live. He said, it is for freedom that you've been made free. It is not that I could deliver you from sin and make you free and then you keep falling back into the same patterns and the same bondage and the same sin that you used to have. And what he's saying is that once we're free, once God has touched our lives and we really have become free, that we ought to go around living our lives as freed slaves. It's realizing that I used to be in sin and I used to be in bondage, but God has delivered my freedom papers and now I'm free and now I can walk in liberty and now I can walk in life. And he says, do not go back to the lifestyle that I freed you from. I want you to go to bigger things and better things. I've got a road for you to walk down that will lead you to blessing and life instead of the death that you once knew. You say, well, how do we do that? How do we live the lifestyle that takes us to that kind of freedom? Well, let's keep reading in verse number 2. Galatians 5, verse 2. It says, Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. What does that mean? Understand that in the Old Testament and even into the beginning part of the New Testament, the symbol of the covenant relationship with God was that the males had to be circumcised. And it was something they had to do. It was an outward sign that was a a, a, a representation, a symbol of their covenant and their walk with God. And they said that you have to be circumcised. But when Jesus Christ came along, he said, I'm going to do away. I'm going to fulfill all of the laws that you've been having to keep. And no longer is salvation based on circumcision. It doesn't matter whether you are or not. But what I want you to have is faith in my blood. I want you to have faith in what I'm going to do. And if you receive faith, you don't need to receive circumcision anymore. That was part of the law, but Jesus came to fulfill the law. And verse 3 says, I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. 
Now, what he was saying was that Jesus came to make us free. But there were some of the Galatians that had received the freedom of Christ, yet they had begun teaching again that we need to go back, and if you're saved, you need to be circumcised, and and you need to go back under this law. And what Paul was saying was that why would you go back under the slavery of the law when I've come to set you, when Jesus came to set us free? And he said, if you're going to go back and do one part of the law, then you've got to go back and do all the parts of the law. You see, you cannot pick and choose the parts of of the law that you want to live by. Either you're free or you're not. Either you're living free or you're living as a slave. And and Paul was saying, don't go back and and think that your salvation is about earning it and working for it and what you can do and how many good deeds you can do and what kind of religious acts you go through. It's about none of that stuff. Salvation is only about a faith in Jesus Christ, a belief that he went to a cross and crucified all of the flesh and all of the sins so that by believing him, we can be saved. He said, but if you're going to try to work for your salvation, read what it says in verse number four. He says, you have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Verse five, for if we through the Spirit, somebody say Holy Spirit, by faith are waiting for the hope of righteousness, verse six, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. Freedom from God never comes by what we do. He was saying, it doesn't matter if you're circumcised, if you're not circumcised. None of that is what matters anymore. What I want to know is, do you believe in my power? Have you received my love and my provision into your life? And when we receive that, what God does in our lives is he removes all the boundaries of sin, all the boundaries of the flesh, everything that was holding us back and keeping us from experience the goodness and the grace of God. When we receive that in faith, he takes away all of that. You don't have to work for your salvation. You don't have to do anything. You just have to receive it. Jesus comes to set us free. But let me ask you something this morning. How many people know that with freedom comes responsibility. Anybody figure that out in life? With freedom comes responsibility. And what I can tell you this morning is that the issue of maturity has very little to do with age. Just because you get older doesn't mean you necessarily grow up. I can tell you right now that there's a lot of 40-year-olds, a lot of 50-year-olds, a lot of 60-year-olds, just as immature as they were when they were 20, still got the same patterns of dysfunction in their lives. Still bound up in the same habits and the same addictions. Still going through life in cycles and never really. They progress in life, but they're no, they've matured in age, but they're at the same place they were 30 years ago. And what God is wanting us to know today is that the issue of maturity is not about age. But the true sign of maturity is how well someone handles the freedom they've been given. Maturity is about how do you handle the freedom. For those of you that have raised teenagers, you can probably relate to this. Because what do we do raising teenagers? They get older, and the goal is to enable them to become adults. The goal is to help them to become independent and live lives of themselves. And so what do we do? As they get a little older, we give them a little more freedom. We allow them to do things that they didn't, you you weren't allowed to do in the past. And the, the test of a parent is to see how well do they handle the freedom that I'm giving them. I mean, we stand back and we watch how they act. And if they handle it well, then we know it's a sign they're beginning to have maturity. It's not about age. It's about how well we handle freedom. 
And what God is saying to us this morning is that I want to trust you with freedom in your life. I want you to be able to take the freedom that I give you, and I want to see what you do with it. I want to see if you're going to grow up in the Spirit. I want to see if you're going to be able to to go to the realms that I desire to take you. But can I tell you what happens so many times? There are so many people that, that get saved, and they discover Jesus Christ, and they say a prayer, and He really comes into their life, and they're saved. They are on their way to heaven. But the problem is they stay at that level of, of, of their salvation experience. They never progress beyond that. They never grow closer to Christ. They never learn more about what he wants. And what I can tell you is that if we stay at the place where we first got saved, we are going to stay at the level of blessing that we got right there. We will never go farther in the blessing of God until we become free enough to handle it where God wants to take us. Are you with me this morning? And what God is saying to Synergy Church this morning is that I want to take you to realms you've not even been to today. I want to take you to places in your life that you've not even dreamed or imagined. Yes, you're saved, but there's more than that. There's blessings and there's provision that I want you to know. But if we never mature past the place of just getting saved, we won't be able to handle the freedom that God wants to give us. And so what God is saying is that I want to take you, I want to give you more freedom. I want you to grow up. I want you to get mature in me. I want you to learn what real real worship is about. And the more you grow in your faith, the more blessing I'll give you. Because now you can handle the blessing that I'm bringing to you. God is saying with freedom comes responsibility. Now how many of you this morning could use some more of the blessing of God in your life? Anybody? Then we've got to grow up to be able to handle it. Because we're limited In our lives, the level of blessing we have is limited to the amount of blessing that we can handle. And so if you want to say, God, give me more blessing, he's going to say, okay, then I've got to expand your boundaries. I've got to expand the responsibility of what you can handle because if you can handle it, I'll give it to you. But if you can't, I've got to grow you up some. And so God talks about us developing this kind of spiritual maturity. I want you to skip down to verse number 13. Let's go all the way down to verse number 13. Paul says... For you were called to freedom, brethren. That's what this first half of this chapter is about. It's about the freedom of God. He's established it. He says you're free. It's about freedom. It's about getting away from the bondage of sin. You are free. He's established that. But then look what he says. He says, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. You're free, but don't abuse your freedom. You're free, but don't take advantage of His grace. You're free, but don't allow yourselves to go back to a lifestyle that I delivered you from. Don't walk around as a slave anymore because I've made you free. And if you're walking around like a slave, you don't look like somebody that's free. He says, you're free, but don't abuse your freedom. And I'm telling you, there's lots of people that say a sinner's prayer. And they invite Jesus Christ to come into their life and to forgive them of their sins. But I've seen people that after that, they walk around through life and they think that they can live any way they want to the rest of their life and it doesn't matter that God's going to overlook what they do. And I mean, they can live in sin and they can, they can live in the flesh and they think it's okay because after all, I've received His grace. I mean, after all, God's salvation is about forgiving me and, and I've done that so I can really live any way I want to. That's what people think. Because after all, God has removed the boundaries, right? Isn't that what salvation is? He's removed the boundaries? Kind of. Because what He actually does is He removes one set of boundaries, but He replaces it with a whole different set of boundaries. 
He removes the boundaries of sin. He removes the boundaries of bondage that keep us from going towards freedom. But he replaces it with a new boundary. And this boundary is called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit becomes a boundary of our life. And listen to me. This is not a boundary that will, that will constrain us. This is not a boundary to make our life miserable. This is a boundary that will take us to the limits of blessing. This is a boundary that if we stay in it and we're covered in it, we will experience things in God that we could have never experienced with the old boundary of the flesh. Believe me, the boundary of the Holy Spirit is a good thing. I know there are some people that think, well, you know, if I'm saved... There's no boundaries in my life. I don't want to have any boundaries. I want to get away from all of the boundaries. I heard about this study several years ago. And they were studying children and fences around playgrounds. And what they had determined was that the fence was a, was a visible symbol that, that limited, somehow emotionally, it was making the children feel like they were not free. Because what happened when they began the study was that all the children would go to the, as far as the boundary would let them go. Most of the children were playing around the fence. They were way outside on the edges of the playground. And, and the, the school, this one particular school said, we're going to take down our chain link fence. And we're going to see what happens to the children when we remove the boundary. And so they took it down. And can you guess what happened when they took it down? Did they begin to run away? Did they escape? Did they, did they get out in the road? And did they go into the woods? And No. You know what happened when they removed the boundary from the playground? All of the children, instead of playing at the edges of the playground, they no longer played where the fence was. Every single boy and girl came to the middle of the playground and all huddled together. They were on top of each other. There was no space. There was no room. They were there. You know why? Because boundaries provide security in our life. Boundaries are something that give us comfort because when we we can look and see the boundary, we feel protected. We know that there's something there around us. And when they took away the chain link fence from the children, instead of the children becoming more free, they became less free because they were all on top of each other. They had no more room to kick the balls. They had no more room to to play. They were just all huddled up in the middle. And what I'm telling you this morning is that the security that we're looking for is found in the boundary of the Holy Spirit. God didn't save us and say, there's no more boundaries in your life. Just do whatever you want to do. No, that would have been crazy. God knows that we would have lived our lives and destroyed ourselves. We would have had no peace and no joy. But God said, I'm going to put a boundary. It's not meant to constrain you, but it's meant to protect you. It's meant to cover your life. And if you will operate in the boundaries of my Holy Spirit, I will bless your life. I will take care of you. I will give you joy. I will make you feel secure in who you are. I will do everything I can for you if you'll stay within the boundaries. And my point this morning is that there is a certain freedom that we find knowing that the boundary of God has been placed around our life. And how do we do that? By becoming free from the sin nature, by removing the old flesh nature and experiencing the grace of God. Isn't that awesome this morning? That God loves us enough to give us boundaries that lead us to the path of life. And when we begin to operate in that level of boundary, it brings confidence to us. We're confident in who we are. We're confident in the way that we can live our lives. But here's the thing that Paul is saying. Be confident, but do not take advantage of your confidence. Do not abuse your confidence. Do not allow the confidence of the freedom I give you to allow it to become a stumbling block in your life. He said, do not let the flesh, or do not let the freedom become an opportunity for the flesh. Listen to me this morning. Freedom from sin does not give us permission to sin. I'm going to say that again. 
Freedom from sin does not give us permission to sin. I've taught my church this before. What I've told them is that that the grace of God that comes to our life, it it never is meant to become a license so that we can live any way we want to and, and justify the sin in our life. I've met people. I've talked with people. And, and what they say is that, you know what? I, I just I struggle with so much in my life. And, and I've got this addiction. I, I've, got this, I've got this pornography habit. And, and I've got this or I've got that. And, and I just can't seem to break away from it. And there's so much guilt and condemnation. And what they say to me is that, you know what? I, I've asked God to help me and I've received His grace. And, and God's grace just helps me to overcome that. And, and God's grace just forgives me. And it's okay if I struggle with that because I'm not perfect. And God doesn't mean for me to be perfect. The grace of God it, it just covers all that away. You know what I say to that? No. No. If that's our idea of grace, then our God is not a very big God. If the idea of God's grace is just to keep approving what we do and saying, it's okay, don't worry about it, I'm just going to pat you on the back and say, just try better next time. That's not what it's about. Let me tell you what grace is. Grace is not the license to, uh, to justify our sin. Grace is the power of God to become free from our sin so that we do not have to struggle. We don't have to keep struggling anymore. We get free from it. Grace is about freedom. And what Paul is saying to our lives is that when you get free from the things that you used to live in, I want to not only forgive you, but I want to free you. So that as you walk in your life, you don't struggle with the same addictions and the same habits and the same path that led you to death. I want you to go in a path towards life. That's the grace of God. That's the kind of freedom that God's talking about today. So I want to take you to verse number 16. Let's just keep making our way down. He said, but I say, now here's the key. How do we get that kind of freedom in our life? But I say, walk by the Spirit. But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. Have you ever had a time in your life where you didn't even want to do something, but you just kept doing it anyway, and you hated doing it, but but you were just doing it? That's that's the flesh on the inside pulling us towards that. Verse 18 says, though, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I don't know if you realize this or not, but on the inside of every one of you, there is a battle taking place. There is a war between the flesh and between the Spirit. There is a war between the things of the world, the things that are pulling you towards death, and there's a pull on the other side that is pulling you towards the things of God and the things of life. It's a battle between the sin nature and the God nature. And I don't care how long you've been saved, every single one of us deal with this battle. It's a battle that we never get over. It's a battle that never goes away. When I think about this battle, it kind of reminds me of, of field day in elementary school. You remember field day? And, and I remember a field day, my favorite event at field day was the very last event we already had at our school, and it was the tug of war. And, and one class would, would battle the other class, and we'd get on one side of the rope, and we would pull and see who could pull the other team across the middle, and they could win. And when I think about this battle between the flesh and the spirit, I think about a tug of war. 
I think about something going on on the inside of your life that's pulling you this way and pulling you this way. And, and the flesh pulls you this way, but God pulls you this way. And, and the flesh produces bondage, but the Spirit produces freedom. And, and the flesh produces guilt and, and doubt, but, but the flesh produces faith. Or, or the Spirit produces faith. And then the flesh is pulling you. It's pulling towards religion and, and working our way to salvation. But the Spirit is working towards relationship with Jesus Christ. The flesh is pulling towards legalism and, and a set of things. But, but the Spirit is pulling, toward, is pulling towards the, the grace of God. And this battle is going on on the inside of me. How many know the battle I'm talking about? The flesh is tough. The flesh is powerful. And sometimes people wonder what kind of things are the flesh. You know, what is it talking about, the things of the flesh? Well, if you go down to verse number 19, God spells this out pretty clearly. I mean, this is, this is really not that hard to figure out. Go down to verse 19. Let's just read through this real quick. It says, now the deeds of the flesh are evident. It's obvious. There's no, no secret about this. Which are immorality, impurity, sensuality. Those three things are talking about sexual sins. It's talking about adultery, which is when a married person has sex with someone other than their spouse. It's talking about fornication, which is just a general term of, of sexual sins that means that any sexual act outside of the union of one man and one woman in a marriage relationship, it's sin. It includes things like pornography and, and just a lustful passion for sexual things. He says, verse 20, idolatry. Anything you put before God. Sorcery. In the Greek, it combines the idea of witchcraft and drug use. He says illegal drugs and things, they're, 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 they're of the flesh. But not only that, but occultic things. Listen, things like this, people all the time, I talk to people and I see them posting their horoscopes and looking to the stars for answers. I'm telling you, it includes horoscopes and tarot cards and palm reading. He says that is a work of the flesh. Stay away from that kind of stuff. He says enmities and strife and jealousy. It's attitudes that destroy and tear people down instead of building them up. It's gossip and the things that we say with our mouth. Outburst of anger. Did you know that blowing up all the time is a work of the flesh? Disputes, dissensions, factions. Verse 21 says, envying. Any kind of behavior that causes division among people instead of creating unity. Anything we do that tears people apart instead of bringing them together, it's a work of the flesh. He says, drunkenness, carousing. That's any kind of excessive partying where alcohol is involved. He says, that is of the flesh. And things like these. He didn't give us an exhaustive list. He didn't say this is all there is. But he says this kind of lifestyle, these kinds of things are of the flesh. Stay away from them. They're not pleasing to the Holy Spirit. And this is how serious this is. He says, of which I forewarn you. Just as I have forewarned you. He says, I've told you before, I'll tell you again. That those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, this flesh stuff is pretty serious business in God's eyes. God doesn't take His grace lightly. And God doesn't want us taking His grace for granted. Here, I'm going to free you, but we're going to keep going back and living a, a slave lifestyle. He says, no, you are taking advantage of my grace. What he's saying in this passage is this, that those people who, who willfully continue to practice that kind of lifestyle those people that refuse to repent, they refuse to turn from, from their, their fleshly ways and, and seek forgiveness from God, those people will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now let's just be real honest this morning. Every single one of us in this room has done at least one thing on that list. I'm not going to ask you to lift your hands because we'd all have to lift them. 
We've all operated in the flesh. We've all had, had some kind of failure in our life where we acted like that. And what God is saying is, it's not that you have to be perfect and, and if you messed up one time, you can't go to heaven. What he's saying is that if you're walking in that lifestyle, there must come a point where you stop and you make a decision to turn around and get rid of the things of the flesh and say, God, forgive me for that. Free me from that. And now I'm going to walk in the way of God. And he says, if you'll walk in that, I'll lead you to freedom. But if you stay back there, you're going to stay in the bondage of the sin you're in. He says, I want you to be free. I want you to be free. And you may say, well, then how in the world can we possibly live that kind of a lifestyle? What could I possibly do? Maybe you're struggling with some of those things, and you're saying, what can I do to get free? we got to go back to verse number 16. Verse 16, here's the key. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. It's not about us doing it on our own. It's not about us trying to get it all figured out. He says, if you walk by the Spirit, I'll give you freedom, and the freedom will allow you to walk in a way that you could not do before. The key is to walk by the Spirit. I was thinking about that, and I don't know, for some reason, I just, man, I was thinking about our childhood and field day. It was great this week. And I thought back to field day, and you know what event I thought about? I thought about the three-legged race. You remember the three-legged race? Well, you had to get a partner, and they took one of your legs and one of their legs, and they tied it together at the bottom. And you had to race and see if you could run together in unity. And man, if you could stay together, you could do pretty good. But if you started going one way, and they started going another, or if your foot went up and their foot was back, you'd fall down, you'd stumble. And what God is saying is that if you will walk by the Spirit, if you will do the three-legged race with the Holy Spirit, if you will connect yourself to my Spirit, if you will tie yourself to the Spirit I've given you and walk in unity and let yourself stay caught up, you won't have to worry about the flesh. I will free you. I'll let you run to places you can never go. I want you to walk by my Spirit. But I'm telling you, we've got to stay in sync. Because if the Spirit takes, listen, the Spirit will ne never take us to things of the flesh. That's why if we walk with Him, we'll never go to the things of the flesh because the Spirit goes this way. But if He goes this way and we go this way, or if we try to get ahead of Him and He's behind, or if we lag behind where He goes, we're going to stumble. We're going to fall. The key is that we must walk in unity with the Spirit of God. And when we can do that, He will set us free. It's not about us doing it. It's about Him. It's about living in perfect harmony with Him. And let me show you the place as we begin to move towards closing. Here's the place that He wants to take you. This is the freedom of true life right here. Go to verse number 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law you see that my friends is what freedom looks like to live in a way where the blessing of God is flowing and do you know what it takes to operate in that kind of freedom maturity it takes maturity to live that way because I can tell you that every time we try to live that way and we fail on one of those things and we don't produce that kind of fruit it's God's way of telling us that we still have some growing to do. Every time you're impatient, maturity issue. Every time you yell at your spouse, maturity issue. 
Every time you get so bummed out about life and you're not trusting God and you're worried and you're anxious and you don't know how you're going to make it and you're trusting in yourself, it's a maturity issue. And what God is saying is I want to make you free because if you can get free, then I can plant the seed of this fruit inside of you and it will grow up and be productive and you can walk in your life and not worry about how things will turn out because my spirit is taking care of it. You'll never produce those things on your own. The Holy Spirit must plant them on the inside. And when He does, if we'll walk in the freedom of His grace, it'll grow and it'll be productive and we can live the Spirit-led life. Hallelujah. Doesn't that sound pretty awesome? Doesn't it sound a whole lot better than trying to earn our salvation and struggle with the flesh and keep tripping up all the time? God says, I want to make you free. And at the end of this chapter, there's one verse that kind of summarizes everything we've talked about. It's in verse number 25, and he simply says this. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If you want to be free, you've got to live it out, and you've got to walk it out. You've got to live it out, and you've got to walk it out. In fact, I want you to turn to your neighbor and just tell them, you've got to live it out. Turn to somebody. <clears throat> now turn to the other person and just tell them, you've got to walk it out. You've got to live it out, and you've got to walk it out. And if we can do that, we can find the freedom of God in our lives. As I close this morning, what is it about walking in the Spirit that makes us free? I just feel today this, this word deep down in my spirit for somebody here today. And I just feel like God is saying this morning that the freedom that I've been talking about today, that, that some, some of you... You're not experiencing that in your life. The freedom that I'm describing, it sounds good, but you know that this battle on the inside is just so strong. Maybe for some of you there is an addiction in your life that you've been struggling with, and the honest truth is you don't even like it, you don't even want to do it, and every time you do it, it destroys you, you feel guilty, and you hate it and yourself. This morning you, you say, I'm not free like that. And maybe for some of you, there's some things of the flesh that you're struggling with. Maybe it's impatience. Maybe, maybe it's anger. Maybe it's whatever. Some of the things we've talked about. For some of you, maybe you found yourself walking down a road, just like the story I told at the beginning. You're walking down a road, and you're not going towards the path of blessing. You're walking down a road that is leading you away from the source of your strength. But I believe that God is in this place this morning. And I believe that He sent the Holy Spirit to Synergy Church this morning for a very specific reason. Because He's calling out your name. He's calling out to you. And in love, He's saying, won't you come home today? Don't keep walking down that road. Come home. Come to the place of freedom. Don't die to the things of the flesh. I want to make you free. And if you're going to walk by the Spirit, it starts by making a decision. It starts by making a decision that you're going to walk by the Spirit. And the truth in the, uh, uh, of the freedom is that as soon as you make that decision, see, see, if you keep trying to pull that rope against the flesh by yourself, you're going to lose every single time because the flesh is stronger than you are. But the moment you make a decision to walk by the Spirit, I believe the Holy Spirit comes alongside of you and He gets near you. He connects Himself to you and He says to you, Hey, I know that you're not strong enough to pull that rope, but why don't you let me take the rope? And He puts the rope over His shoulder and He says, I'll take care of the power if you'll just take care of following me. And the Holy Spirit begins to walk and He says, Listen, don't have to pull. Just step where I step and go where I go. And little by little, step by step, we defeat the things of the flesh hear me this morning. The Bible says that the steps of a good man 
the steps of a righteous man. That means the steps of someone that has turned from the flesh and has adopted this lifestyle of the Spirit. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And what that means is that when the Holy Spirit takes that rope and you're battling the flesh, He simply says, all you've got to do is step where I step because I've already ordered your steps. I've ordained them. I'll take you over here if you'll follow me. I'll pull the rope over here if you'll do. And we will become free from the flesh. And this morning, maybe you're sitting here today and you say, Pastor Brian, there are some things in my life and for whatever reason, I don't feel free. Maybe there's some things I need to repent of, but maybe it's just some attitudes that I have. And maybe it's just I haven't been trusting God lately like I should. And I just need a refreshing of the Spirit this morning. Maybe you're here in this place and you're just tired in life and you're just frustrated, you're worn out. And I believe that the Holy Spirit has come this morning to refresh your soul to pour into you and to enable you to walk with Him a little closer and a little closer. So this morning as we close, I'm going to ask you to do something. For some of you, this is going to be a step of faith. If you'd say to me, I feel that I just need a refreshing of the Holy Spirit for any reason in my life, would you just stand up in this place this morning? I'm just going to say a prayer for you. You're not going to come forward. I just want you to stand right where you are. For any reason in your life, I just need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. I just want to get more of His Spirit. I want to walk closer in line with Him and get away from the flesh that is pulling me away. If that's you, just stand as quickly as you can. As quickly as you can. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Anybody else? I just need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in my life this morning. I just need him to move, and I want to partner with him. Hallelujah. If you're still seated this morning, would you help me to pray for those that are standing? If you're standing, would you just, if you feel comfortable, and if you don't, that's all right, but if you feel comfortable, just close your eyes and lift your hands to God. I want you to receive something this morning. This is not about a sermon from a man named Brian. This is about a message from a Holy Spirit that wants to bless you today. Father, as you, look, as you see these this morning that have heard your word, and as they have their hands lifted to heaven... My prayer, Holy Spirit, is that you would come a little closer into their lives today. That you would bring freedom where there has been bondage. That whatever level they're at, that you take them to the next level. Give them your grace and your power and your mercy. I pray that you remove the things of the flesh. Remove the bondage. Remove the slavery. And God, let the freedom of the Holy Spirit sweep over this place this morning. In hearts and minds, in marriages and lives, let your Spirit do its work today, Father. And we give you the glory and the honor and praise for all that you said and all that you've done in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen, amen, and amen.